Money, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. You're about to listen to youth produce content from Listen Up Youth Radio. Listen Up is a Twin City social enterprise working at the intersection of youth employment, leadership, and media production. You're listening to Youth Soup, the podcast that adds some youth to your soup. That was so good. Yay. Are we done? Um, welcome to Youth Soup. <laughs> um, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about intersectionality and what that means for us um what does what comes up for you guys when you think of intersectionality or or when you hear the word yeah when you hear the word um i guess i don't know i can start um the term i remember hearing intersectionality for the first time i think in high school but i didn't realize like the concept of it i had already thought about and like experienced before like way before i like yeah and i think that's like the case for most things that i learn about in school because yeah i i don't know most things i learn through personal experience rather than like textbook Mm -hmm. but when i think of intersectionality i think about your multiple identities that relate like to society Mm -hmm. whether that be like your race your class your gender your sexual orientation, um, legal status, like all of those things factor into how you navigate the world. And yeah. Anyone else? With like intersectionality? I think, I know for people it's different. Like um, I remember talking with a friend um, at my school, like at my college, <laughs> oh, I feel old. Um, no, we there's like a queer um, and trans collective made just for BIPOC. So you have to be both BIPOC and queer in some way. Um, and I think that is like a prime example of intersectionality. And it shows like there is like a, a group for just the queer community at my school, but a lot of the BIPOC just felt like their experiences were so different and like that it kind of impacted or like they didn't feel comfortable talking about their own experiences because it differed so much from the norm that's like or the majority experience and so they made that collective and to me like those are two identities that really I like navigate the world or like i i see the world through a very like racial and like immigration lens because those two i think are the most the identities that have like impacted me the most or like in my experiences throughout my life society has made it clear to me that those two things about myself matter for other people um but yeah, we can get into specifics later, but I want to hear what other people have to say. Okay, I'm going to be really honest. Remember how I asked you, JC, like, 
Oh, with intersection Natalie. Because I didn't feel like I fit into the box because I didn't really have like a better understanding of it. Because like I, when I think intersectionality, I don't think like me. You get me? But like when you explained it, I understood because I'm black, mm-hmm. I'm Muslim, I'm a woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like cis, I guess. But so I never like thought about it until like recently. So I guess like I always had like a circle or whatever of people I can talk to about this stuff. But like then again, I'm not like technically the American thing, you know what I mean? So. That's what I think. Jordan had to point it out to me that, like, because I, when we were talking about, like, planning this, po- like, episode, I was like, well, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to, you know, do this episode. And he's like, oh, Rena, you have a race. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and, like, what, JC, what you were talking about, like, the, the, like, white queer experience and, like, the experience of, like, black and brown queer people mm-hmm. is so different and something I will literally never understand and like how much like how much racism comes from queer from white queer people in like white queer spaces like that is a way that like intersectionality I think is lacking almost because mm-hmm. there's not like the I don't know Yeah, like relating back when I think intersectionality, I think white <laughs> because you don't hear yeah, really. Yeah, because like you don't hear it. Re- that's so. When I think intersectionality, the first people like I think of people that don't fit the the norm. Yeah, like yeah. Because okay, no, it's because like I went to very white schools, so mm-hmm. I never heard the white. Ad- <laughs> I never heard the term intersectionality unless it's from white people trying to be no, yeah. woke. Yeah, exactly. No, that's what, like, when I was, like, I heard first first heard it in school and people brought it up. And I was, like, oh, what does it mean? But I only realized what it was through examples yeah. of people talking about their experiences. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, I don't know. I just never thought about it. I hear, like, experiences, but I never heard the term intersectionality unless it's within, like, certain spaces. Like, listen up. Other than that, nah. <laughs> so... I don't know, that's a bit, like, I guess that's weird. Like, it's very, like, we talk about it, but people don't know the term for it, basically. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have to admit, um, I have never heard the term intersectionality. And at first, like, when we were starting this podcast, I thought you guys were saying something like intersexuality or something oh. like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was going to be like, um, I, don't think I, I don't think I relate to this. And that is so funny, actually. <laughs> Wait, why didn't you guys, like, say, like, you didn't know? I did. I, did. I told you. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, JC, in the car. I was like, what? what is that? I'm so sorry. <laughs> you told me. I didn't, like, anyways. anyways <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so similar to Keen, um, I wasn't going to, I wasn't planning on doing the podcast, but, like, the more I, like, thought about it and what, like, it actually meant, I feel like when I hear the word intersectionality, what comes to my mind is, different aspects of 
what makes a person and they collide with each other, hence the term intersection. And I have a lot of examples, but the main the main one that I'm going to like put into prominence is like my race and my religion. So I may identify as African American and growing up I grew up in a very um religious household. Um Every Sundays, you know, my mom would be like, let's go to church, you know, at like 9 a.m. in the morning when I'd much rather sleep in. And I feel like in the household, like, I'm, like, subjugated to, like, follow, you know, like, all of these, like, prophecies and, like, these, like, religions that characterize as what I characterize as and I don't know how to explain it but I feel like the more I grow up the more I realize that you know religion shouldn't be something that is like pressured onto someone Mm -hmm. like I feel like you should be able to like go about it on your own pace on your own terms you know because, you know, the more I grow up, the more connected I feel with God. You know, going to church every Sunday doesn't necessarily, like, make you more or less of a Christian, to be honest. But as long as you have that spiritual connection, then you can feel that. Justification of faith. Anyways... (laughs) Um, as I was, I was not saying anything, but, um, I agree 100%. Like, I wasn't forced or anything, but, like, growing up, you just have, like, that feel for, like, more spirituality, if anything. But also, it just really depends on, like, who you are, like, surrounded with. Hence, like, intersectionality. It's a really tricky word. And, um, I'm, like, all over the place, but, like... You will catch me in the weirdest areas. I don't even know how I have friends, like, around the world anyways. So, in this... Okay, yeah. I would say, like, for me, like... Okay. I can say this. Okay. So, for me, most of my morals come from religion because that's what I grew up in. And I got that also from, like, my culture. Because my culture... I'm Somali. And my culture is very mixed with, like, um, Islam and some, like... Arabian is that what people call it I'm gonna call it what I call it Arab stuff right and so that's where my like intersectionality comes from like within deep like if I were to go back home or with like my family members and then I don't know it's just like where how my thought process and most things come from religion but also logic And before we move on, I would also like to add on, you know, also being in a black religious household, when you are surrounded with, you know, other religious family members as well, it is very hard to come out of, you know, that um, circle and do things or certain things that are kind of deemed as like 
inappropriate or like an embarrassment to like the household like if I wanted to like do like more like American things you know or like be like more American like going out with my friends more things like that you know that would be very much denounced and so that conformity is it's really pressuring it's really pressuring as um a person in that household mm-hmm. Clara do you want to speak on like what you think the word means or your experiences let me just say this now if you hear my voice shaky I'm so anxious <laughs> but um <laughs> you're good, you're good. intersectionality like there's broad identities like oh you're a woman oh you're a black woman like that's external and that in itself like it gets you its own type of treatment that's like generalized for you know that broad identity but then you look internally and you realize like oh I think I'm attracted to my same sex oh I don't think I'm conformed to the religion that I've been brought up with I don't think I agree with the values that the people around me agree with or hey I have a chemical imbalance like in my brain like mental illness like all these little things Mm -hmm. that like come together they just bump you and bump you on like the minority what we'll call it I don't want to say food chain just the like minority list like people like to rank minorities and every time you realize you have something that's going to exclude you Mm -hmm. from people it's making you feel smaller and smaller and you're becoming more and more of a minority and the smaller the minorities get like there's less people who you know are like you that understand you that support you Mm -hmm. so it's hard to say that you're a black trans gay mentally disabled person and like try to associate with people who have the separate identities when you have all of them because Mm -hmm. they all overlap they all give you a different story a different background and it's just not enough for you to take like one group one part of your identity and try to like absolutely relate with those people because they don't understand your specific struggle Mm -hmm. with racism homophobia mental illness like they only know one part of the story that you're telling when there's so many parts to it and that's harmful Mm -hmm. I agree and I guess like that made me think about to me intersectionality has made me reflect a lot on my friendships or like who who are the people I surround myself with and for me it's almost like now a requirement like my friends if I'm friends with you like some part of your identities intersect in the same way that mine do like like all my friends in high school were were white and middle class like all and I'm I grew up poor and like we're still lower class but better off than we were when we were when I was younger um and like but we related in the sense that like they were queer and so we were able to bond over that um but now that I've gone into like a new setting and met new people like all my friends are first generation, low income, queer. Well, not all of them, but some of them. And then um, BIPOC. Like, it's just really mattered to me that people, like, I don't, like, when I meet someone, I just, I don't want to have to explain everything that's going on through my head. Like, I just want you to know and understand. And, like, we can just go on from there, you know? So relating back to, like, Um, the group of people you're surrounding yourself with I also like not in high school but middle school I had like a very um, 
white friend group. But in high school, like, it started getting more diverse. Like, we had the whole pandemic order, but it was, I guess, for senior year, for me. It's very hard. Like, I guess it was, like, a whole, like, wow, people of color, you know? But it's so funny, too, because I'm from the city. But my mom took me to, like, suburban schools. And maybe you should be here for this. Literally. Oh, my God. You guys don't know Maytee, but maybe you'll see her. You'll meet Maytee. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like. It was very hard connecting, like, personally, because, um, like, I can't connect to white people. Like, my culture is so different, and, like, there's obviously a big gap between us. So, um, so in senior year, I've made, like, a lot of people, POC friends. I'm still very close with them, and then I have, like, this one white friend, but he... <laughs> but, like, the thing is, I can connect to that person, but I can also connect to, like, everyone else. It just really depends, but in the end of the day, we all know, like, the gap, and you can't understand. Like, I remember in, before COVID hit, like, the week before COVID hit, I was, like, the debater in class in science, um, chemistry, but, like, it was funny debates, and I was still, <laughs> why not? So, we, we're arguing why you should wash your bottom <laughs> instead of wipe. And I was trying to explain my culture, etc. And they were like, no, you just need to wipe. And we're talking about, like, oh, why do you need skid marks on your... <laughs> it's just a lot. <laughs> my point, okay. My point is the culture is... <sighs> Anyways, can you please edit this out? Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> we're not editing this out. <laughs> Bloopers. Anyway. No, but no, that makes me like there's so many like cultural traditions or like norms that are part of like my everyday, like what I do. But then if another person who's not a part of my culture sees that and they're like, oh, what the heck? I'm like, that's, I'm like, you're missing, you're missing the point of intersectionality. Like, this is why I need you to know about this or like be aware. Cause like, I don't want, someone to react to like my customs in a negative way because like one that's disrespectful and it makes me feel like more of a foreigner than I already am considered in this country so oh my god I remember I was going with okay like I don't like the reason why I prefer people of color and like Muslim friends also is because I don't have to explain to them why I'm fasting and I don't have to like explain like I want you to know right away because like we live in such like the society is so diverse to, a, to an extent, I would say, like, at least this is basic knowledge, especially in Minnesota when the pop, the, the majority, well, in Minneapolis, let's say, is Muslims. Yeah. So I don't need to explain why I need to go pray five times a day, and I don't need to explain on Ramadan, oh, I can't have water. Not even water? Bro, the amount of times that, yeah. like, <laughs> like, and when people would be like, don't you get hot? exactly like they act like i'm being tortured under this scarf guys it's a scarf i'm not wearing like a f- <laughs> I, okay i'm not wearing something that will make me like you know like pass out of heat like actually it's more like even like you guys can wear your crop tops and i'll wear my freaking like jilbab and i will not die because like i'm covering my body from the heat like be for real shut up anyways i have like so many like not even water guys anyways and I also feel it, the need not to explain why I act this way or why I eat with my hands and why I don't need this and this, mm-hmm. etc. So that's why I prefer people of color 
as my friends. But if I like, the thing is, I vibe with everyone. So <laughs> I have like a very diverse friend group. Do not vibe with everyone. What do you mean? Who? Well, I'm not getting into. That. Go ahead. No. It's gonna be edited out. <laughs> no, we'll talk about this later. Okay. Anyways, yeah, Slay. Yeah. Um, I would, I would love to add on to what Keen said about like only like favoring like POC friends. Um, I've mentioned this, like, a few times, but I grew up going to, like, suburban elementary schools in Roosevelt, and they were, like, mostly white. And the more I reflect back to my past, I I couldn't really, like, relate to anyone because, you know, they didn't really, like, share the same, like, values or, like, characteristics or, like, customs as me, you know, like, I always felt like... I was just this, like, stereotypical black girl, you know, and no one really, like, got me, and, like, sure, I had, like, friends and people who I would, like, talk to, but overall, like, at the end of the day, it was, like, mainly just me, and going back to my, like, religious views, I remember, like, I would, I would behave as though I was like a priest because like I would just like gather a bunch of people and I would just like talk about like the word of God or whatever or whatever and um I would have been so scared <laughs> I would have been so scared of you in middle school and um I thought I thought I thought I was doing like a good job doing it but then there was this like one girl and like she would get really upset when I would like when I would like do that and you know like i never really understood why but now i do and it's because like not everyone shares the same like religious views as i do and there's also another incident where like i made fun of this guy who um had two dads and <laughs> I, oh. no i Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we all learn and grow. This yeah, is getting, this is getting somewhere. I know it's like getting somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah, I would. Yeah, um, I didn't know back then. Like I was like really young and childish because I viewed it as like peculiar. Like how come you have like two dads? Like that doesn't make sense. But I mean, I obviously know now, and I apologize if I sound kind of muffled. I have expanders on, so please bear with me, viewers. Um. let's edit that (laughs) um yeah but you know but like speeding on to like the present time and you know now that i am residing in um east side st paul where it's way more diverse and you know there's a lot of people of color and a lot of communities that i fully support and the black community is like flourishing more than any media news outlet can like cover i have found a lot of friends and people in my life who i share the same values and interests in and i have found them all in them and you know and there are even like certain like deep personal things that i connect with with other people who like I don't feel like anyone would ever understand because not only of our race but also because of what we go through and our experiences and whatnot I don't even have to explain anything and yeah I feel like with having friends with people of color I feel like 
I am able to be more expressive. And like Keen said, I vibe with everyone, you know, like, you know, whether you're like white, black, purple, green, blue, or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. Sid the science kid. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sid the science kid. <laughs> but it's kind of hard for me to go out and make other friends who are not BIPOC, not only because there's like a decrease of the race in my community, but also because I am fearful of, you know, being resented of like who I am and my values and et cetera. Yeah. Any final takeaways? I don't know. Um, Okay, one thing. um, Okay, I'm gonna be really quick. These are just things I've thought of when people were talking and I didn't want to interrupt people. Okay, one, the shock that I experienced when I found out that some people don't wash their like underwear in the bathtub. Does anyone else do this? Oh, my, f- yeah, like, like my, my dad does it. Like, like, the f- like I was, <laughs> like, washing your underwear in the bathtub? like washing your underwear in the bathtub with like the sink or whatever. Not the sink, the bathtub. And like, also the shock that I found out some people don't take off their shoes. They don't do that? Like, people will go to their rooms with their shoes on. One time my friend came over and wore their shoes up to my room. And I was like, no, <laughs> go downstairs. Why was for me, like, knowing dishwashers were a thing? I didn't know that was, <laughs> that was me. That's me being poor, but. <laughs> no, one time my friend came over and was like, wait, y'all actually use your dishwasher? I'm like, yeah. Um, okay, those are just two funny things. But the other thing is... I forgot one of them, but the other thing I just remembered is I was okay, I was debating on whether I wanted to talk about this or not. But um having like learning disabilities and being um perceived as a female um are two things that don't work very well together. Um and I could talk for a long time about this, but I'm not gonna um but how like ADHD and like other learning, like dyscalculia and dyslexia. I don't have dyslexia, but um, like our pers- specifically talking about ADHD is so like it is in in girls, in young girls. It's like you're just anxious and you don't like yourself, so you shut up. And with boys, it presents itself in a much more like like aggressive way because of how boys are socialized and so because of the way girls are socialized and because I was socialized as a girl um like it my ADHD showed itself as like being insecure and like being quiet and being like shutting down really easily and so instead of doctors being like huh this seems like ADHD. They were like, you have depression, which turns out I do, but I also have ADHD. And it took three doctors and literally six years to get an ADHD diagnosis because I kid you not, a doctor literally said to me, yeah, you probably have ADHD, but you're a girl. Like literally word for word. And I was like, okay. And I was seven, so I didn't understand what was happening. But it's so strange how one thing can make another thing just like seem incompatible to you. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. 
there's a study well no it's very known that doctors do that because they are taught that Mm -hmm. so it's angering anyways i can go on and on about the medical field we should we could have an episode about this okay um i can talk about psychology too since i study that because i'm forced to because i'm paid for it anyways go ahead juicy yeah thank you guys for like sharing and i feel like i learned a lot of new stuff about you guys or like those of you who i already know of like i got to see more what's going on in your head and also just your experiences growing up and learning like even though we all have very different intersecting identities they intersect like the way that they present themselves in our life are like kind of parallel each other and that's nice but yeah thanks guys (laughs) thank you guys (laughs) thank you guys for listening in and i hope you take away something from this yeah (laughs) i want to bite this (laughs) (laughs) we'll see you next time on youth soup see ya This activity was made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council. Thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.